Speeding and the sound is speeding. Hi, welcome to another episode of This Week of Drew, the Monday edition for Monday, April 3rd, 2023. On today's episode, I fucking beep-bop-bop-boo-da, I did my showcase, and it's not really looking that good. <laughs> shit, but you know I'ma keep my motherfucking nose to the grindstone, cause that's the way it goes when you're big Drew. And you got a motherfucking crew of 10 dudes that fucking you from behind. Okay, what? What? Hang on. <laughs> Pause. Uh, hi, welcome to another episode of This Week of Drew. Of the Monday edition for Monday, April 3rd, 2023. What's going on? You fucking put some fucking 200 bucks on Phil Mickelson to win your fucking Masters. You fucking get you fucking... Yeah, that's what I did today. I fucking did... Some real sketchy golf betting because golf, like, it's fucking hard, man. The tournament, like, even the best golfers in the world, like, guys like Scotty Scheffler and fucking John Rahm and shit, like, these guys are, the chances of them winning the Masters, it's, like, so fucking hard to win a golf tournament. So even a guy like Rory or Scotty, they're still, like, 7-1, to 8-1. to one. So I'm, like, I'm just, I tossed a couple bucks on him, you know? Let's put a couple fucking bucks on Colin Morikawa. Hey, let's put a fucking couple bucks on Tiger, 70 he was 70 to 1, Tiger Woods, to win the Masters. I'm like, I'll fucking put a buck on Tiger. Like, whatever. Tiger wins. I got 70 bucks. Min, fucking Minwoo, whoever the fuck. I don't know. I'm just betting. I, I bet on everyone. <laughs> I literally, <laughs> I went into OLG and I fucking bet on like 15 guys to win the Masters. <laughs> so I'm guaranteed, I'm guaranteed to lose at least 14 bets this weekend. Um... But that's fine, because even if my one of them pays off, I spent like, you know, I spent, I think I spent like 10 bucks or something on betting on 15 guys to win the Masters, which I don't know. I think, I don't think this is a good strategy. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if this is a good, if this is a good gambling strategy, but I still fucking, whatever. If it comes through, like, buddy, Morikawa, like, that's going to cover all of my bets, cover all the other bets, right? So even if I fucking, you know. Whatever. I'm going to lose them all. It's going to be some fucking random guy that's going to win the Masters this year. And uh, and I'm going to... And we'll talk all about it next week. How are you? Let's start off the show with a little bit of a... How was my motherfucking weekend? Uh, it was good. I my except my mic stand here keeps dropping on me. Okay, there we go. That's a little better. Uh so yeah, I had a good weekend. Like I was telling you last week, I had my showcase, my just for laugh showcase, and it was on Saturday night. So okay, so Friday, um, Friday, I did. Uh, what the fuck did I do on Friday? Oh yeah, I was in Georgetown, here in Georgetown, and my hometown. And uh, so there's this guy, Greg Enright. He has this uh, production company, Sinbin Comedy. And his shows are always great. Like, he does it proper. Like, he he knows what the fuck he's doing. And he only fucks with, people like, good venues. And, and he sells out always weeks in advance. So, uh, last uh, month, he did one in February 10th. And I was headlining. And he had me headline. Because I'm like, buddy, like, this is fucking perfect. And I was like, also, if you're going to continue to do this, to do this monthly then I'm going to be here every time. Like, fuck you. You're doing a comedy show in my backyard. Like, I am on every show. So, uh, so it was good. Uh, and I went in. And I'd say a good 30, 40% of the crowd was there when I headlined the last one. So I walked in and it was like walking into like a birthday party. They're like, Drew, like, what's up, dude? Like, fucking A, like, you're on this one? Like, yeah, like, right on. Like, yes, we were hoping you'd be on. Like, and like, everyone's like, pretty much like pat me on the back like a fucking Rudy. 
coming out of a, uh, I, I don't even, honestly, I had never even seen that movie, but I know the reference. He's like some kind of fucking Rudy, Rudy movie reference. What the fuck? Rudy's, oh, is that just the movie? Is that just Rudy? Oh, yeah, he wants to play football at the University of Notre Dame. Is That's the movie called Rudy. Okay, anyways, I felt like fucking Rudy. Uh, and people are, like, clapping me on the back and, like, telling their buddies, like, oh, this is the guy. Like, fucking hey, this is the guy. So I was like, this is, this is under normal circumstances, I like this, you know, performing. Essentially, it's like doing a, a game on home ice. Because uh, Bill Burr put it like this. He goes, uh, before you're famous, every game is an away game. And then when you're famous, every game is a home game. Because when you're famous, they know what to expect. They already, they're like, oh, I like this. Like, they know what they're getting. So they're already in. You don't have to convince them. They're already into your shit. So it was the closest thing that I've gotten in a long time to feeling like I was performing for a room full of people that were there to see me. And as you know, that is my ultimate goal in stand-up. I don't have any monetary goals. I have no fucking amount of tickets that I need to sell for me to be happy. I just would like to perform for people that are there to see me. Obviously, the amount of tickets needs to sustain my fucking life. But as long as I can sell tickets to people that are there to see me and I can make enough money to fucking eat and live every day, then that's all I care about. Because it used to just be the art of doing all I wanted was just to do stand up and make money that way. And then you get to that dream and then you're like, well, I don't know about this. <laughs> like this doesn't I don't really I don't like this, actually. But I do like stand up. So I'd like to do stand up for people that are there to see me. So it was like a home game. But. Uh, I was running my Just for Laugh showcase set, so you you kind of don't want it to be like a home game because they're probably going to give it up at spots where a regular audience wouldn't necessarily give it up or as hard because they don't know you and they don't like you and blah, 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 whatever. Because I went in hot. Like, Greg had me a bullet. He did, like, five off the top maybe. And then I came in hot, and they had already seen me, and I listened back to my set, and I was like, oh, I was like, did I do the jokes that I want to tell for Just for Laughs? I listened back to my set. I scrubbed through it. None of the jokes that I wanted to do on my showcase were on that set, and it made sense because my in-laws were there, and I was like, I'm just going to do the old bangers. But now, uh, you know, I'm moving on from all that shit, and I was like, good, I want to, I wanna, you know, showcase the new stuff here. And, uh, so I went up and I'm just fucking, you know, firing on all cylinders. I got, uh, I got like a bunch of applause breaks. Everything's going fucking really good. And I get off stage being like, okay, like that's the juice. Like fucking a, everyone's like, that was great. Good. And I even said at the end, I was like, so I'm taking those jokes to just for laughs, you know, showcase tomorrow. I don't, did I remember how to play that? Uh, fucking. <laughs> yeah, I used to remember how to play that. Uh, so I was fucking doing that. So, um, so yeah, everyone was stoked. They're like, Georgetown, like, hold it down, bro. Like, you fucking got this, all this shit. And uh, I was like, okay, fucking A. So now it's Saturday, and uh, it's my it's my Just for Laugh showcase night. So I get down to the fucking corner, and, like, Paulie's on the show with me, and uh, Max Sheldrick, Jesse Singh, and Jared Nathan is hosting. And Jared's recently, he's, like, kind of getting in with the, uh, the Death Squad crew, like Kill Tony and Joe Rogan and those guys. They all know him and like him, and uh, he has a comic. He has a, he has a disability, which uh, causes him to stutter and uh, some other shit. I actually don't know what his disability is. He's pretty good at like making jokes about it. Like, guess what I have? And like, it's, it's really funny. Uh, so, but Jared Nathan is hosting. And, and honestly, me and Paul were talking about this. Paul wasn't necessarily stoked on that. 
because he is a comic who stutters. And anytime, you know, we've all been at school or whatever, when that person comes in and they're like, you know, they do their talk about their disability and then you have to and it's like a pin drop. Like you can hear a fucking pin drop in the room because it's incredibly rude to speak over someone with a disability. Like it's like, it's fucking rude. Right. So when the audience hears that Jared's like speaking with a stutter and he's, you know, visibly disabled and all this shit, it's like, they just shut the fuck up. Like even if the most drunkest bitch who couldn't give a fuck about stand up, who's just there because it's the first thing on their agenda for the night. Like even her, she will put her phone away and shut the fuck up because it's society. Like the fucking, it's like the social contract of like, don't laugh at this person, you know, like don't be rude to this person with a disability. Right. So at first it's like, Paul was like, man, like, you know, fucking, you know, this takes so long. Like the, it doesn't really, you know, as an MC, you kind of want the energy, like energy, you know, like energy, uh, <laughs> like you're supposed to have that kind of, kind of thing. And Jared doesn't, and he's doing crowd work. He's like, so what, 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 what do you do? Right. And like, it takes some fucking forever just to get the question out. Um, but I was, my argument was like, yo, this is fucking perfect because this is a Just for Laugh showcase. This audience is instantly whipped into shape. Like they cannot be rude. They cannot be belligerent. Um, they can't be talkative. They have to just sit there and fucking listen. And they have to suspend their disbelief because Jared's going up and he's doing jokes and they have to laugh at the punchline when he hits them. Like, <laughs> so I was actually fucking stoked because it offers a good juxtaposition to, to like me, Paul, it was Paul, Max Sheldrick, and then me. And we're all essentially just three high energy yelling white guys. And that the foiled against Jared's hosting, it actually worked perfectly. And I thank Joe at the corner for putting me up third because it was like, Paul, Max go up. They both fucking smash. Jared does a little drink order. And now it's like, you know, 30, 35, 40 minutes into the show, which is exactly the perfect spot for 35 minutes into a comedy show is like the best place to be on because they're just now we're ready to go. We're in it. We're not thinking about anything and we're just fully on the wave now. And so I went up and I just fucking started like, you know, I don't want to be fucking whatever, but like the material, I wrote it so that I get applause breaks, you know, like it's like, I don't want to take away from my own craft and like, dinner over uh you know like I, I wrote the jokes to to and they're designed to to be ranty you know i kind of have a style and i don't want to get too inside ball here but you know you if you fucking uh i will say this though is if it's called the belly slapping curve and essentially <laughs> this is a comedy theory i don't know if this is interesting to anybody but it's a, it's a it's a comedy theory and i call it the belly slapping curve uh bell curve the belly slapping bell curve. And, and it goes like this. If a, if a comedian goes on stage and they say nothing, they lift up their shirt and they start slapping their belly. Like at the first couple seconds, the audience is going to be like, what the fuck? And then after about like eight or nine or maybe 15 seconds, the audience is going to start laughing because this co comedian hasn't said anything and they're just standing there slapping their belly, right? And then they're going to start laughing at the absurdity and like, what is, what the fuck? This guy's just slapping his belly. And then after about 10 seconds of that, the audience is going to stop laughing because it's no longer, it's kind of like, okay, where's this going? And then there is a lull there. And the lull now is where the bell curve comes in, right? Because <laughs> now we're curving and there is no laughter. But in the belly slapping bell curve, if this comedian continues to slap their belly without saying anything, and commits to the bit, the audience will, they'll stop laughing after the initial laugh, 
But after about a minute or so, or maybe longer, somewhere in between there, a minute or two, they will begin to laugh again because of the absurdity of this, of this person continuing to slap their belly. And it's the fact that it's continuing on and they've committed to the bit and it's still happening. And then they'll get a second laugh. Now, here's where the belly slapping curve really takes it takes a dive because now if the co- comedian continues to slap their belly, there will be silence for a long fucking time to the point where people might start leaving. But the but the people who stay at about the nine minute mark, it will si- it will then become the funniest thing ever because now you've watched this guy for nine minutes do nothing but slap his belly. And you're like, what is going on? Like This is ridiculous. This is hilarious. <laughs> so in the belly slapping bell curve, I take that to my advantage and I write long jokes with characters in them, or I should say I write, I, I pick characters and then I write a bunch of long winded one breathers for them where this character in my joke will fucking have a big, long, well-researched, well-thought-out, uh, you know, well-designed uh, rant of some kind that by the end of me being done with it, it will not only be funny because I've committed to it, but it'll get an applause break because of how long it was and my commitment to it. So a, a, a lot of my bits were filled, uh, or I should say a lot of my showcase was filled with bits like that because, hey, it's my party trick. I fucking learned it and it works and it's what I'm good at. Is it? Danny calls them Drew rants and Sterling knows what I'm talking about too. Speaking of Sterling, fucking finally is posting content thank god uh so go follow sterling's jokes because he's finally figured it out and he's posting content and a couple of clips have his clips have gone viral like a million hits and i told him i'm like he texted me one time he's like yo i got just got a mill i'm like okay i don't give a fuck it's just that just means that it's working the system and everything that i'm talking about it means that it works it's like why don't you do it drew uh because (laughs) because fuck you that's why uh okay so then now and like i was saying we have a new there's a new just for laughs um gatekeeper because my entire career was one lady zoe who's moved on to a tv career now it's this new guy neil who actually used to book a show called the most racist show on earth not racist but most racist show on earth in montreal and it was like a show where it would be like one of every race or whatever the fuck it was just a well a diverse well diversified show so clearly I smashed and he comes up to me after and I'm like, hey, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, I think I remember you from back in the day. And he used to do stand-up, but I was like, I actually think I remember you too because I think I did remember him. Like I I'd met him a, 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 in passing or whatever the fuck. And he was like, yeah, man, you definitely got way better. Like good to see that and all this shit. And then he was telling me, he's like, yeah, I was hired by Just for Laughs to like, you know, bring diversity to the festival and – and, you know, uh, you know, through my history of booking the most racist show on earth and all this shit and and blah, 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 this, that, and the other. He's just like, and you fucking smashed, bro. Like, obviously, you, you did great. He's like, so, I, you know, I want – hopefully, there's there's a spot for you at Just for Laughs. Uh, but, you know, there's there's not – there's only, you know, so many spots. And and we got to – well, uh, you know, essentially, I was getting the vibe because he told me. He's just like, email me. You know, let me know. Like, and I'll let you know what Just for Laughs is looking for, bro, because, like, you're a good comic. And if you email me and let me know, then, uh, you know – I'll let you know what Just for Laughs is looking for. So essentially, I was getting the vibe that it was like, yeah, like, good job. Clearly, you're a good comic and you smashed. But, like, you know, you're a fucking straight white guy. So <laughs> get in line, buddy. Because, like, you know, that's that's not what we're trying to showcase right now. And I understand that, you know, because Just for Laughs up until 2005 was literally just a parade of fucking straight white guys. And I get that. And I think that there should be multiple different voices on display and... And whatever the fuck can be a showcase of of you know of what Canada is as a country and and whatever, 
Um, I'm just sad that, you know, like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, okay, so I got a four applause breaks and it's like, uh, it's like, all right, man. Like I, and, and that's why, and I, and I told you guys this, like, I don't fucking, I already got just for laughs and nothing changed after I did it. And you know, like you, you think it's going to be this fucking big validator with your, you know, with your parents and all this shit. And they didn't give a fuck. Like there was no, it was never about that. You know, there was never, it was never about that. So anyways, uh, the set went really well. I most likely will, will continue to not work for the just for laughs organization, but that's fine. Uh, it's like I was saying, it's like, you know, there's, it's just a week off a week or two, maybe five. If you're really in with the company, five weeks off your calendar, some fun shows, but, uh, but it, you don't get an audience, you know, cause that's the whole point. That's, I wish, you know, I learned how to do stand up from a, a, from a very professional point of view, but that was the, that was the business aspect of being a corporate comedian. Nobody that I, that I came up under was interested in getting fans. We, that was never a fucking discussion. It was, we were more focused on the fucking shoes that you were wearing to the gig than getting fans like there was no fucking discussion of like let now let's like now here's how you turn these people into fans it was fucking wear dress shoes and don't say fuck and that's how you do comedy <laughs> so you know and then look where those guys are now you know they're still fucking wearing dress shoes and not saying fuck uh for the rest of their lives and it's like you know like i was saying at the beginning like how, you, you working as a stand-up comedian is is a a noble profession, uh, but it's it's I don't know. Is that what you chose to do with your fucking talent? You know, just go sell it to fucking the HR department at Enbridge, or fucking you know Gordon Food Services. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we shall see what the fuck goes on with that. <laughs> Promotional consideration for this week with Drew is provided by our patrons. Would you like access to bonus content like every set that I've ever done since 2011? Interviews with Juno award-winning comedians and a bunch of other shit whenever you ask me. Uh, you also get a personalized individualized shout-out. You could be like these fine folks, Kevin and Joyce, uh, motherfucking James, new guy Mark. Uh, Tony Smog, Nick and Mac, motherfucking no, whoops, I Nick and Mac, Street Demon, uh, Bubba Marnus, motherfucking Street Demon, uh, Joel, um, our number one fan, Joel, and in the motherfucking Hall of Fame, call it Andre Blair and Terrence. Say they name what up, want them? Hi, Mink. Go to Patreon.com/slash/DrewBame. Sign up for as little as five bucks. I appreciate everybody who's tossing five bucks in every week. I really love you guys. I really appreciate it. You know, I wouldn't be doing this without you. And uh, I can feel your love and support from all the way on the other side of the Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash DrewBame. Sign up for as low as five bucks if you're dumb or seven bucks if you play guitar and you're dumb. Also, promotional consideration for this week is Drew is provided by KingTutsCannabis.com. That's right. This podcast is sponsored by a guy, an Egyptian guy who sells weed. Uh, <laughs> go to KingTutsCannabis.cc. Right now they have uh, a thousand milligram Fucking dosi do Oh, actually, I need some of those. Indica, 1,000 milligrams. It's crazy how fast I can just dust one of those vape pen fucking things. I'm going to add four or five of those to my cart. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a thousand milligrams. I just fucking hoof that. I just fucking hoof that shit. Go to kingtonscannabis.cc and if you use the promo code Drew at checkout, you will get 10% off your order. And if you're scared about buying weed over the internet, then don't fucking listen to this podcast. <laughs> I don't want no fucking pussy ass narcs listening to my shit in your ears. Uh, go to kingtotscannabis.cc. Use the promo code Drew for 10% off your order. Check out. Okay. And in uh, in an update, Alex and I, we finished the grant proposal. So we put, we put it in. It is in the hand of the Lord now. Uh, Beaver Tales, a Canadian stand-up series. Uh, it is in the hand of the Lord's, uh, the Lord's, the Lord's fingers. The Lord's fingers are deep within me. Oh, I can feel him. The Lord's fingers. <laughs> oh, also, uh, Calm and PG are back rapping again. Brothers Grimm released Beverly Bars. I want to do a Beverly Bars with you guys. Do you still listen to this podcast, Calm? If you do, uh, I want to do a feature with you guys. I want to do Brothers Grimm featuring Big Drew Beverly. And I want to do fucking Beverly Bars Part 2. And I want to just fucking rap about Beverly, bro. I've been doing that since I was 15. <laughs> That's all I really rap about is Beverly. Uh, yeah, so check out their new video, uh, Beverly Bars from Brothers Grimm. Um, what the fuck else? Yeah, and we got the grant in. And uh, yeah, we're working on the P-Mail Bacon. We got that pushed back a week. So Mark and I are going to be P-Mail Bacon fucking guys. And uh, yeah, buy P-Mail Bacon later after we do the ads. Okay, let's do some guitar because I am back at home now. Uh, bear with me. Just a brief moment. Okay, I'm back on the strat, so let's do a fucking jam strat blues backing track in D minor. Let's see what this sounds like. Oh. Turn the guitar on first.
Fuckity! Fuck you! Nah, here is your bonus! You got a bonus! You got a bonus for your ears!